Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Hey guys, it's me from the future and I just wanted to pop in (laughs) real quick and I actually recorded this episode already in the beginning of the week. But then I had a few things happen in the week that that I really wanted to discuss beforehand. And they're just like good news things. And I think could start us all out on a positive note with this episode. So stay tuned if you want, like skip a past a couple minutes. I wanted to share with you guys real quick. This is why I'm popping in here. I obviously coach, but I also have a course. And a lot of people kind of hear the term course and they dismiss it. They think, oh, another online course. Um, that's going to give me modules that aren't really going to necessarily help me. Um, Is it really, it's just like a course that you do it yourself and you don't get any help from anyone, blah, blah, blah. And I kind of want to change the name of it because my online course, my Binge Breakers Recovery course is much more of like a supportive community of amazing people going through recovery. And you get these online modules, but you also get to be submersed in the Facebook group and um, the coaching calls and people get to know each other on there. It's not just a, here's the course and, and um, here you go, you're on your own. A lot of people reach out to me in the course and ask specific questions. I get back to them. But anyway, if you don't want to hear it from me, um, I just wanted to read something that a course member wrote in our private Facebook community that we post there all the time. And I think it really speaks volumes to the work you can do as an individual in there. And it just reading this, I got teary the first time. I just can't believe that this has helped this person so much and that we made a difference in their life. So um, anyway, this person said, hi, everyone. I just wanted to post to say I'm now over five weeks binge purge free. And I had been three weeks before that with one little slip up. I'm not writing this for praise, but I wanted to let you know that it can happen. You can relearn and unlearn habits. It was so tough initially and it was up and down, but I never gave up. I took those slip ups as learning opportunities instead of viewing them as failures. This took a while also. I am now not obsessed with food. I am more focused on on work, more present when I am with my friends and partner and actually able to relax and spend time alone without needing food. I never thought I would get to this point to be this content in my life and to be actually so excited for my future and what I'm going to achieve. I have confidence and belief in myself like I have never before. It is possible. This community and support has helped me in ways I can't put into words keep going. As Jacqueline said, discomfort is the currency of your dreams. And I just, this, I can't, I also can't put into words how amazing it feels to read something like that. And this person, they put in the work, they did the effort and they kept on going. And I'm just, I am so proud of them. I'm, and more than just proud, proud seems like the wrong word for it. I'm just so overjoyed and happy for them. Uh, I don't think people realize that like, it's my ultimate goal is for people to recover and like a dream of mine, which sounds so far-fetched, but like, what if things got so big that people didn't have to have bulimia? Like what if eating disorders were solved someday if all of us collectively kept working at it? And it's seeing messages like these, seeing posts like these that make me know I'm doing the right thing. And it makes me show up every single day. It makes me put myself out there and keep rolling out these podcasts and posts on Instagram because I know that it's 
helping people. And I'm so glad that I took that risk one day. And I'm so glad that I decided to make the course too and push that and kept on going. And I'm so, so happy that people are actually getting results from it. And also they're meeting other people that are also struggling with the same thing and getting through it. And the cool thing about when someone posts like something like this in the the group is that other people see it and other people get inspired. So to you guys out there that are recovering um, and you're thinking about like, I need some sort of supportive community, the course could be a really great place for you to join. It is a community as well. And a lot of people join under fake Facebook names. So if you're concerned about that, you could do that. But even if you are, you're like, it's not in my budget to do the course, or I just want to go on it solo. That's totally fine too. But I hope that this post has at least inspired you to know that if it's possible for them, it's possible for you. So I hope this like made you happy. And I'm going to edit. I'm going to leave now and you'll hear the old recording that I have for this week's episode, but I'll talk to you guys in a bit. All right. Bye. Hey guys, how's it going today? Um, Today, I wanted to talk about what you would do in your life if you had to feel an urge to binge for the rest of your life. And I know a lot of you guys are thinking, listening, being like, what are you talking about? That sounds like torture. I don't want to ever feel like that. Um, Please go away. But I want you to bear with me and just listen. So I first wanted to say, you know, hello. Thank you guys. I hope you're doing well. We got went to go see the Everglades this weekend, which is super fun. And I hope that you guys had a chance to get out this weekend as well and just do something interesting, even if you're in lockdown, like maybe just like being able to walk outside if you can do that. Hopefully you got a chance to do it. But basically where this concept came from is I was coaching a client Um very recently, all my, I feel like all my podcasts, a lot of my content really just comes from me coaching clients. Now it's because when you work with someone and you coach with them, part of it is that you're always trying to find a way to help your client think differently, to help them see things that maybe they're not able to see or help them think in a way that can change their life. And so part of the cool part about coaching is that it helps you reflect your own ideas and reflect your own thinking back onto you and make you see things in a different way. And so one of my clients was really struggling with the thought or with feeling urges. And specifically, we just started working together and she's just like, we'll try everything in the moment to make these urges go away, right? She's binging and purging, having trouble with that. And when the urge hits, she just like, freezes up. She'll lie in bed. She'll um, do like small tasks to try to get it to go away. And nothing ever feels like it relieves it other than the binging or just the act of like, okay, we're going to binge and then driving to the grocery store or whatever. And so I asked her because all of her um, things that she had tried included one common theme, which was this didn't work to get it to go away. This didn't work to get it to go away. And I think something that trips us up so much in recovery is the second we get an urge, we want it to go away. And you may be listening and think, you know, Jacqueline, that's obvious. Why would you want an urge to stay there? I would like for it to go away. And I hear you. Feeling uncomfortable emotions does suck. The problem is that we want urges to go away the second that we feel them. And then we try to do every single possible thing to get rid of that urge, be it um, counting from 10 to counting to 100 for how many other times you can do it or um, going on Instagram or distracting ourselves. The second we get an urge, we try to distract ourselves and put a timer on our phone and just not feel it. But the problem is, and, and then we also think, okay, 
we're going to distract ourselves and then hopefully it will go away. And it's almost like you freeze up and you feel like I can't move on with my life unless this urge is gone. That's the kind of thing that we get wrapped into as we think I can't function. I can't do anything unless this urge goes away. And that makes us spin our wheels so much. And how can I get it to go away? How can I get it to go away? And you waste days, you know, wasted whole, whole days trying to get an urge to go away, you know? And a lot of my clients do the same thing a whole afternoon wasted trying or not wasted, but spent trying to get that urge to go away. And so I asked this client, you know, what would you do if this urge that you had would never, ever go away? It would, there was no relief, even with binging. Like, what would you do if you had an urge, you out there listening, what would you do if your urges to binge continued or were continuous, always present all the time? And whether you binged or not, it didn't decrease your desire to binge. How would you handle it? Think about it for a second. What would you do if you had to live in that situation? And my client had a really helpful example. She said, I actually had a friend who developed a ringing in his ear or whatever, and it is constantly present all the time. Can't go without it. Even when he's sleeping, it's there. So he had to get therapy for about a year to cope with it because for a lot of time he was very angry. He suddenly had this sound, this constant low-grade sound that he had to hear for the rest of his life. And a lot of us think like, oh my gosh, there's no way, no way I could do it. There's no way if I had to have an urge. But if you knew that this feeling would never be relieved by anything, most of us would say, I guess I have to deal. I guess I have to just live with this feeling because it's not going to go away and binging won't help. And I know a lot of you guys are going to say, well, binging does help. And I'm going to say that this metaphor still kind of holds true because binging, binging relieves it temporarily. Yes. But you are kind of already living this hell because the binging only temporarily relieves the urge. And then it comes back and it comes back and it comes back. So while you don't have that continuous low grade version of a buzzing in your noise, that is um, an urge, you do have it pretty continuously, at least every single day, if not every other day. You know, you have it all the time in the background. And a lot of us think that's unlivable, but in reality, there's so many things that people have in this world, so many ailments they just have to cope with. Something like your height, you don't just sit and whine and try to change it, right? You just kind of put up with it. You're just like, this is how tall I am. There's no, no, I can't change it. When someone gets a serious disease, um, that is a chronic illness that isn't going to, you know, quickly kill them, right? It's just something that they have to cope with, but they can, it's survivable. If they can manage it, there is a period where they're very angry and upset. Of course, it is like you're grieving some sort of loss, the loss of peace without this in your life. But at some point you pick yourself up and say, okay, how are we going to deal? Because this is a reality. And I'm sick and tired of arguing with reality, sick and tired of not being with reality. So what are we going to do? Oftentimes, what really hurts with an urge is like this urgency to get it to go away. And I wonder, wonder why, because urges are just urges. They can't force you to do anything. They are just thoughts in your head. They're annoying desires, but they aren't so overwhelming that you can't necessarily function. And if it were a chronic illness, if it were a low-grade sort of illness or whatever, or if it were something else in your life, I don't know. Um, there's lots of different things. I 
one person I know, they told me a story where they were working with someone who had lost control somehow. I'm not sure what happened, but that they, this person, their diaphragm stopped functioning and they had to relearn how to breathe. They had to learn how to breathe, not autonomously. Can you imagine? Like that's kind of the things that people learn or someone loses a limb. They can't just give up forever. And this is a big issue in, um, let's see, amputees or people, yeah, amputees or people that suddenly have to be in a wheelchair. There's this huge period in their life where they have to either, they have to decide to cope with it and then thrive, right? And move on with their life and live their life with this being there. Or there's the other option, which is depression and not coping and going down a really dark path. And it happens to different people, right? So with an urge, the thing, reason I asked this client this urge, the whole point of it is to, first of all, get her to realize that she is kind of already living like this, even if it's temporary relieved. But if it wasn't temporarily relieved with binging, she wouldn't really binge. And then also she is so desperate in the moment always to get rid of that binge, but really unwilling to feel the urge and really unwilling to deal with the urge in the moment. And I'm not saying she isn't like, She is willing, but there's this gap in like realizing how willing or what she has to actually do. And the things that she says, she's like, okay, well, if I had to deal with that, I would be probably angry at first. And then I'd be really frustrated, but then I would have to somehow learn to cope and deal with it. And that is some of the best things you can do in recovery with urges is learn how to cope and deal with them. They will continue coming, even if they're not continuously there, they will happen again and again, at least for a little while. You know, and I know people like they hold on to that hope of like, okay, but in a week or two, they'll go away, right? Or in a month, they'll go away, or in a day, they'll go away, or in an hour, they'll go away. And I'm like, it could happen that way. Yes. But you holding out hope is kind of like you're holding your breath for something to happen. And you can only release that breath as soon as it happens. And the problem with that is that it makes it almost like amplify the urge problem. It makes it seem, makes the urge seem so much worse. And it makes you think that you can't function until that urge is gone. And that's not necessarily true. Here's what I see a lot. When people actually make the decision in the moment, they have an urge and they make the decision that, okay. I I have the desire to binge. I want to binge, but I'm not going to no matter what. And they really make that decision, even when they really don't want to, but they make it. They're not met with relief. They are a little bit, but the relief, they're actually, you know, they're met with relief, but that relief comes in the form of frustration and anger, at least in the beginning. And I um, experience this a lot too. When I really put my foot down, I'm like, no, we're not going to have to do this. I was met with a lot of like rage, irrational rage, because my brain and body so badly wanted to binge. And I, the rational mind in me was saying no. It was like wanting to scream internally for no good reason. That's the crazy part. And you really get down to it. It's like, why am I so angry about it? It's like, I don't know. I just want to binge. That's when you know it's just a habit. But the feelings are still so real. The feelings are still so real of rage and resentment and, or not resentment, but frustration and just like complete anger. And people are so resistant to that, but it's not what they expect, right? A feeling like angry. And that's what a lot of, like when you, with addicts too, you take away their drug there is a period where they feel very angry and agitated and irritable. 
because they're like, oh, I just want to go back to this, right? It's the same thing. And so accepting that urge, accepting that it's going to be there and just doing what you want to do anyway, not binging anyway, the feelings that you may be feeling are just frustration, kind of like when someone accepts that they have to cope with a chronic illness or um, something debilitating happens, whatever, some huge life event happens, they have to just learn how to deal at some point. Or they can just choose to continue denying reality and continue being stuck in this cycle of perpetual denial, which feels awful too. It's kind of like picking your poisons. And you out there that's listening, I know that it's hard. I get that. I am not saying that this is easy by any means. I'm not saying it's fun. I'm not saying it's comfortable. I'm not saying it's just a walk in the park. I get that it's hard and I get that it's going to be hard work for you and that you're maybe even angry at me for saying this right now but it's part of recovery. And the problem is when you kind of go in an urge, hoping that it goes away immediately, you're making it worse. You're, it, it's kind of being like, um, it's like you're having an impatient conversation with someone. It's like you're trying to get something out of someone in a really skeezy sort of way. You're like um, being super impatient while talking to them. You're just talking to them. It's like a, the only best way I can describe it um, is I, in the past, I'd have coworkers and Sometimes, like if I were doing something, I was working, uh, I would, and I was working on a project, and one of my coworkers was really talkative, but I wanted to focus on the project. They'd start talking to me, and I'd be really short lipped, you know, not proud of that, but I would do that. And I'm not saying it was right, it's just how I acted in the time. I'd be very impatient, and I was just trying to people please them. I should have just said, Hey, I'm trying to do this in the moment. Can we talk later? But instead, I would just be like, Uh huh, yeah, mm-hmm, that's fun. And I would just say really qu- quick, short, remarks and impatient things to them to try to get through the conversation faster. And really, it just left a really not fun impression on them. And here I will talk about one more example from coaching. And I think the best example for this is maybe having to do with cold water. And I was talking with the client, the client that asked about, you know, how do I feel emotions while remaining kind of impartial? And we were talking about how to just like, what makes it worse? What makes feeling emotions worse? What makes feeling, you know, for her, it's like fear and anger or some emotions and sadness that she avoids. And I'm like, what makes those emotions so much worse? And we talked about how it's kind of like getting into cold water. What makes getting into cold water, extremely cold water worse? And now I've had a huge background with water. I grew up next to Lake Michigan. For those of you that don't know, Lake Michigan gets cold, not as cold as some of the other Great Lakes, but it gets very cold and even during the summer. And then also I actually was a swimmer for a long time. Um, and I would get up for swim practice when I was younger and it would be at five in the morning that I had to put my body into a pool. And for some reason they kept that pool really cold. I don't know why, because it probably would have been helpful for it to be slightly warmer for our muscles to be moving in the water but it always felt icy cold getting in. My body temperature was not used to it. And if you think about it, if you go back to a time where you've gotten in cold water before, does it help when you get in, you like put your toe in, you're like, that's cold. And you stay there, you kind of like tense up and you're like, it's really cold. And you wait, and then you wait again. And then you dip another toe in, hoping that it won't feel the same in. You dip another part of your body part in, you like put your legs in at this point and it's still really cold. 
And you're like, okay, if I wait longer, then I'll do another one. It's basically like you're peeling off a Band-Aid as slowly as possible. But it's better just to rip it off, right? It's better just to just submerse yourself in it. And what I would do as a swimmer at five in the morning, I wouldn't just dip my foot in. I wouldn't just like put my legs in and like wait for a whole 15-minute process of trying to get my body accustomed to it. I would just dive headfirst into the water. I knew it was going to be cold. I knew it was going to be unpleasant, but diving headfirst in the water, submerging, submerging your head in particular, putting your whole body into it was the best way for me to quickly get used to that feeling of being in cold water at five in the morning, right? It's not helpful to just like hope that it goes away, hope that you feel better, hope that it's like somehow magically solves itself. It's better to just dive headfirst in and to just go into that acceptance mode and being like, we are feeling an urge. Here it is. It's not this sinister thing. It's just a desire to binge. And a lot of us freak out when we verge as we think that they can force us to do things, but really they are just, it's just desire. It's just you wanting something really badly for whatever reason, for because you built up the habit, because the sugary foods you want to binge on are good, whatever it is, you just want to chill out and you don't want to talk to anyone. It's just a desire and it's just thoughts in your head. And they're really intense thoughts. They're really intense desires. Don't get me wrong, but they can't force you to do anything. And you, instead, you want to like put your foot into the cold water of desire. And you're like, maybe it'll feel better now. And it's like, it's not going to feel any better You, if you do it that way. You just have to push in. You have to fully submerge yourself in there and accept that it feels like crap. It feels like shit. And then move on and make the decision and move on because you just kind of putting a toe in, putting a limb in, hoping that it feels okay, taking the limb out and putting it back in. It's just a world of discomfort. You're lengthening it out. You're making it much more drawn out process than it has to be. And if you think back to the original thing I said in this podcast, that if I just had to accept it, if I just had to deal with it, if there were no options, how much differently do you think you'd act? You probably would act very differently. You probably would learn to accept it, learn to cope. And I'm not saying that you have to cope with the urges forever, but maybe let your mind go there. Maybe like think about it as a real possibility. Now my urges don't come every day anymore. I don't really have them much at all, but when they do come, they're occasionally have one like maybe once a month now at this point. Um, and they're more like passing thoughts. I don't feel that intense desire that I used to. But even if I had to, if I had to feel that intense desire all the time, I would like to think that it's worth it. Just like it's worth it for someone who um, has a ringing in their ear to learn how to cope or someone that has have had an amputated leg to learn how to cope with life again. Because while it sucks, there are other things you can do. There are other more important things you can do. And learning how to cope with an urge will be some of the best work in your life because you learn how to have desire there, leave it unanswered, and make decisions that are for your best self anyway. So I hope I hope that this concept made sense. I hope that a lot of you aren't angry with me out there for suggesting this, but I think it might help you think a little bit differently. And it may be in that moment, instead of just being like, when will this go away? When can I make it stop? How can I fix it? How can I get this urge to immediately be relieved? Stop looking for the relief. Stop, just, just make a decision to be in it. Just make a decision to, this urge is here and we're not going to binge anyway. This urge is here and we're not going to give in anyway. 
and see what type of relief that you feel. And it may be a different relief than you were expecting accompanied by frustration and anger, but it may feel better than the unanswered desire that you're in right now. So give it some thought, give it a rest. I will talk to you guys next week. There's lots going on in terms of the course. I'm actually creating a journal that goes with the course. I'm hoping by the end of the year that I'll also have that for sale separately, but I'm making a bulimia recovery 30 day journal and I'm hoping to expand it and expand it. But right now I'm working on the very first stages of it, which is very exciting. I'm planning on releasing the first draft by um, June 30th, I believe is the date. Uh, for my course members to be able to use it. And it's gonna keep on improving from there. So that's super exciting. Um, I hope that this podcast has resonated with you. I hope that you guys liked it and I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Hey, if you like this episode, you have to come check out the Binge Breakers Recovery course. If you're trying to recover from bulimia and you're sick of doing it alone and you feel like you've tried a lot of traditional therapies and it's not working with you, come join the course. Go to bingebreakers.com slash recovery dash course.